two, three, fuck it. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another rendition, another episode of the whatever you want to call a podcast with your host, your boy, Marquise Nash. Um, Today's episode, we are going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks game four and what I want to see out of the Milwaukee Bucks or what what are the chances of the Milwaukee Bucks winning and what are the chances of the, the Phoenix Suns or what the Phoenix Suns or the Milwaukee Bucks need to do to win the game. So let's go over. Let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. Well, the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Milwaukee Bucks have are is a two one series right now. Could possibly tie the series tonight. What I think the Bucks. What I believe. I, I don't want. I think what I believe the Milwaukee Bucks should do this game. Is I think it's, 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 it's the same formula they should use. They use game three, and that's uh, try to lead. I mean, I'm not gonna say try to because I think it's gonna happen. Eventually, it's gonna happen. Just, uh, just naturally get DeAndre Aiden in foul trouble and see if you can get get him to play small again and rebound the ball. It's really simple, and I I, I keep on saying this quote. It's so easy, it's hard. I, I've been saying this quote this entire playoffs because it really is that simple. They really don't have to do a lot. I mean, they do have to do a lot because I think Devin Booker is going to have a good game this game. He's going to have a good game. He's going to bounce back from this uh a, a t- terrible game in his eyes. With ten points and three or fourteen from the field, I mean, he that, that was a pretty bad game for him. But the, you gotta give it the credit to the Milwaukee Bucks; they played well today, yesterday. I mean, not yesterday, but game three, and also they defended Devin Booker on a high level. Uh, game three, Chris Paul had a, his had his regular peak, but he, I think he really didn't have a good game either in his in his eyes. He didn't have only about only on, he had only about probably I think nineteen points. I mean, not 19 points. I think he had like 20 some points, but he didn't. Neither Devin Booker or Chris Paul went over 30. Um, the other Aiden had a good game, pretty much. He was he. If I think if he wouldn't have got a foul trouble, I believe he would have got got to like 30. He he was on that level right at at that time before he got in foul trouble. But and uh, and the others need to uh, come together. I mean, not come together, but they need to play better with uh, Phoenix Suns, and that's what I'm talking about right now. This is Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, they need to uh, play better. I mean, it just, I, I, I think ultimately it just, the others, it's going to be, and like I, I'm going to say this about the series. I've been saying this about the series for a while. The others going to have to come, come to play for both sides, Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks, because that's what's going to come down to at the end of the day. If it goes to seven, that's what's going to matter. It's going to matter about the others. It's not going to matter about if Giannis gets 40 and Chris, I mean, if, I think too, of course, I think if, Chris comes to play, and and um and Drew Holiday comes to play, and the Bucks come and Giannis comes to play. I think they can ultimately win, but ultimately I think that it, when it comes down to it, if it comes down to a close game, I think the them little points that like Bobby Porter's getting eleven points and eight rebounds, that's gonna matter at, at the end of the day. And I think if I believe if the Bucks go to seven, it's anybody's game after that. It's, it's pretty much anybody's game after that if they go to seven. 
Most people are picking the Suns in six if you're like the but most people are picking the Suns because they want Chris Ball to win. I truly think that. I truly believe that. Most people are picking the Suns because they're like, okay, if you're looking at the two teams, you're like, okay, the Phoenix Suns probably not going to be here and be in this place. I mean, they could be, but it's it's not a it's not a great percentage that they'll be back here next year. Um, and they also the Milwaukee Bucks are going to still they really aren't aren't going to have any changes next year in their roster. The Phoenix Suns could possibly have a different roster next year. The Milwaukee Bucks, pretty much their, their core is going to pretty much stay the same. Juhade, Chris Middleton, and Giannis is going to be there for multiple years. Um, I think almost like four or five years combined for all – not combined, but I think four or five years for all of them. So you, the Milwaukee Bucks core is not really going to go anywhere. The others might change and alternate a little bit, but for the most part, the the core is going to stay the same. And then for the Phoenix Suns, like I said, for the Phoenix Suns, not all – not only are is the core might the core might change not even the core but the the other people surrounding around them might change the 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 whole western conference might change i mean we got reports that dane Lillard could go to the lakers and russell westbrook and we got all these and lonzo ball i mean lonzo ball could go back to the lakers and i wouldn't mind that because and i think it's speaking about lonzo because i really am a big fan of well, i really am a big fan of the whole ball brothers all of them from Lamelo, Leangelo, and Lonzo and Lavar. Like I, I love what he's doing. I love what how he, how he, he. he uh, not gonna say train. You know he did train them, train his kids and how he um set him up for success. I love that about Lavar Ball, and that's how I want. That's if I'm a father, that's the example that I would. And if LeBron does it too with his sons and how he sets them up for success too. Also. I love that, especially as a black man. I love that because we don't really get to see a lot of that. We always get portrayed as the bad person, and we ain't great baby daddies, and we get all this, this the narrative swinged around that we're not good fathers, and we don't take care of our kids and all that stuff. And then we get to see people like LeVar Ball and LeBron James and all these other guys uh, have their kids and treat your kids right and are in the kid's life and whatever. And I, And it might be a little over the top if you're like a person like, man, why is like Varball doing that or LeBron doing that? But I think I'd rather, I'd rather them to do that than to be not in their lives because it, at least you know that they're, they're there. At least you know every point. He might not be at every – or LeVar Ball or – yeah, LeVar Ball or LeBron might not be at every one of their, their, their kids' games, but he, but they know that their dad loves them. They know they they knows that's wrong. They know <laughs> that I I'm I'm having a very uh bad vocabulary problem right now, so don't mind me. <laughs> but uh yeah, they know that uh that their their dad loves them. So I really love that. I really love that how that they can portray that on stage. And I might I know some people not on stage, but they can portray that for the real world, for the uh, world to see. I think most people, I hate when that happens, when like people like LeVar Ball comes out and supports his kids and he's over-exaggerating. I think he's, of course, he's a little over the top, but who wouldn't be? Like, I, 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 would, be, I would be the same way with my kids. No matter what they do, they could be in a freaking spelling bee for crying out loud, and I'm going to be that exuberant. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't, at, at any point of time, I don't care, like, I, if, 
like that's 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 the way I want my would want my dad to be. My dad is a little cool, but he'll do he'll come like he's a character too. Also, like my dad is like that too when I play good. Like it's, he's not like a LeBron Ball or LeBron James, but he's he can get excited when like something happens. Like it's he's excited too, but like he's not like oh, and I'm not even gonna say over the top because I don't think it's over the top really. I think it's normal for me because I just saw that with my parents that were like that. When something good happens for me, so I don't, I don't see that as over the top. I think that's just that way their personality is, and I don't, I don't mind it. But um, speaking, like speaking of, I just went off straight off the topic, but um, I just have to speak about speak about that because the narrative is swinging like both ways, so especially nowadays with black men overall. So I just have to speak about that. But um, and by the way, I'm not a dad yet, so I hopefully I'll be a dad and next couple of years, but, um, I ain't really got nobody right now. So that's just, a uh, <laughs> that's just something I'm, I'm working on right now, but, um, I'm in a lab with that right now, but, uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, it's like, like I said about Lonzo ball, he's a great point guard, by the way. I, I really love him as a point guard as a defensive guy. I mean, he's a better defender than shooter. I think that experiment with shooter was kind of like, it was kind of like a backup plan. Cause I really, if he really want to tell the truth, if Rondo would have took less, they probably would have signed Rondo back because Rondo was the better point guard. Rondo's the guy, like, Shooter is more of a shooting guard than a point guard. He's not really a point guard per se. Like, he's going to get, like, seven, like I'll, I'll say a stat line. He's probably going to get, like, a 17 points, 10 assists, and, like, five, and, like, four rebounds. Rondo will get, like, six points, 20 assists, and, like, 10 rebounds. Like, he's that type of guy that get assists. He don't, he cares about the flow of the game. Like, I'm, and I'm not saying that Shooter doesn't, but Shooter, I mean, if you compare Shooter to, like, Lonzo, of course, he's a better, uh, Shooter's a better scorer, but if you're talking about defense, because the, that's what ultimately it comes down to. You can get all the offense you want, but if you can't stop nobody, you're not going to win any games. I mean, that that's just that's is what it is. I mean, we see this time in and time out. Even the best teams like Golden State, when they were winning, they still had to play defense. They couldn't just, like, okay, well, we're going to shoot, try to shoot the lights out of everybody, which they could and it's possible. But at the same time, they still have to play some type of defense. They couldn't just like, okay, we're going to go, we're going to score 140. But if they score 140, it's like, okay, what does that matter? Like, it, just, it doesn't matter. Like, you still have to play some resemblance, some resemblance, resemblance, no, resemblance, resemblance. Yeah, okay, that's the, that's the word. <laughs> I told you I'm having a vocabulary problem right now, so y'all mind, don't mind me. But uh, yeah, some resemblance of a of a of defense. So, like for me, it's like like I I just feel like like when I when you think about that and like think about like all the great teams, they had some type of defense. Michael Jordan, even the the, pit, the Pistons, not the Pistons, but uh, the uh, Chicago Bulls. I was gonna say the Chicago Bears, but the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Um, even that, then with the high power team they had with, uh, uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Robin and, uh, Steve Kern and, uh, um, Paxton, you had, they still had to play some type of defense. They couldn't just say, like, okay, well, well, we just going to score a whole bunch of points. Mike is going to get a, a 60. He could get 60 every game, but at the same time, you still have to play defense. Like you still, that's why they brought Dennis, Dennis Robin in. They wanted some rebounding. They wanted somebody that could play some defense. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to play defense. And I think the Lakers need that more than offense right now. And they need somebody other than LeBron to 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 uh, handle the ball and most of the time to, to run the floor. Because you even saw last year in some of the games where LeBron, not last year, but this year, 
where LeBron would handle the ball still, like Shooter would be still like they, they couldn't they couldn't like sustain it so much. And Shooter would first of all, Shooter is after a while he becomes a liability. If he's not scoring, he becomes a liability on defense because he's a smaller guard. He's not really that big. He's not really that tall. So it doesn't he doesn't have length on the side. He doesn't have weight on the side. So he can he eventually if he's not scoring, he's a liability on defense. With Lonzo, of course, he's, uh, he's he's a better shooter now. He's not a Steph Curry, but he's a better overall shooter now. He can uh, he still can assist. He still can pass. He's one of the most underrated point guards in the league. I believe. I truly believe that he's most underrated point guard. He's a good like I said. He's a good defender. He's actually an excellent rebounder, by the way. Any underrated rebounder. I mean, I mean, he and the Pelicans. Him being with the Pelicans didn't really show that like that, but he's actually a really good rebounder and assist guy. So for me, that's a good deal if the Lakers get him. Because I think they knock there. It's not a possibility they're gonna get the Dame Lillard. I don't excuse me, but I, I don't think they're gonna get uh, Dame Lillard. I don't see that happening. I mean, the way Dame Lillard's personality is, I don't see it happening. But it, you never say never. So like. I'm not gonna say I'm just not gonna rule it out, but I mean, it could happen. It could possibly happen where he uh he goes to the Lakers, but I don't see it happening because I, I believe they would just have to get rid of a lot just to get Dame. So I don't see that happening. I mean, I mean, crazy things didn't happen. So I mean, KD went to the Golden State Warriors, so anything is possible. But I'm not ruling it out that Dame could go to the Lakers. But I'm it's in my eyes and the way I see Dame living and the way I. I see how he plays and how he goes in on guys, uh, a la uh, Paul PG, Paul George, about just leaving teams and not sticking it out and not playing with the same team and uh, running away from the uh, running away from the uh, the challenge. I don't see Dame Dame Lillard going to the Lakers. I don't see that, but I mean it could happen. So that's just me. But and also we got some breaking news. Uh, Kawhi Leonard actually did tear when he was out. He did tear his ACL. And he had successful surgery, but this right now, I don't. People might are saying like, "Oh, this could be like a rift. This could be like a rift between um, um, the Clippers and uh, the Kawhi Leonard's camp because they misdiagnosed him and said it was just a sprain, a uh, bad sprain on his knee, on his knee or something like that, and it ended up being an ACL injury. So, I mean, it, it just could be a rift between the Clippers and the the and Kawhi Leonard's camp." And that could be possibly mean he can go to another team. Like I, I could, I could be wrong, but I don't see him going to nowhere else. I don't see him going to the Lakers. I could be wrong. I could, and for me, it's like what other team? I mean, he could go to Miami. Miami would be a great deal, a great uh, team to go to. Which I could see that happening with Pat Riley and his genius mind. I could see it. I could see that happening. Him going to Miami, which would make Miami a a, a high favorite. To win the championship next year, I mean, I think ultimately they they gonna still lose. I, I believe because they, I think even if they add Kawhi, I just don't see them getting past the Nets or the Bucks again. Because I, I believe the Bucks are gonna be way better than than the next year with all with uh Drew Holiday playing a whole year with the Milwaukee Bucks. I just don't see them getting past neither one of them teams, and they could get past Philly, but I don't see them getting past nobody else other than that. But I mean. They could, they could be a good team. They could be one of them sleeper teams if they play right. But I just ultimately, it ultimately comes down to Kawhi Leonard and how he, if he is, he going to do the same thing and that he does in Clipperland that he's going to do in Miami because I don't believe Paul is going to let him rest 
multiple games and stuff and him resting and all that stuff. And when he comes back healthy, I'm not talking about when he uh when he's if he's injured, but if he's healthy, I don't see the bad riding them saying all oh, quiet, you can sit out multiple games, just just a healthy game. You can sit out a healthy game because we feel like your knee is hurting or whatever. Like I don't see that happening, but uh like whatever, but that's just me. But I don't for me it's like I said like I said, it's gonna be interesting to watch the conference next year. Because, like I said, Phoenix is this is probably their only one chance to get Chris Paul a ring. Because I don't that this is probably this one time that he's probably gonna get a ring. I don't think he can. I'm not gonna say he this is his last time getting a ring, but this could be. This could be because the way that Western Conference is evolving and the way that Western Conference is getting better and better every year, I don't see it, them getting closer. Like, I don't see them getting this closer to to winning a championship. The, the Milwaukee Bucks, on the other hand, they're evolving. They're Giannis is probably seventy five percent of what he could be his ceiling, and I don't think it's. I think it's lower than that. I think it's like sixty five percent of what he could be, and what his ceiling is because he still doesn't have a jump shot like that. He still doesn't really. He's not, I don't think he's going to shoot forty percent from three anytime in his career. It's going to get closer. He's going to get probably is like thirty five percent. He could be forty percent, but I don't see it happening where he's going to shoot like forty. 40 over 40% from three. He could, I think at the most, he's going to get like 35%, but he can be better at the free throw line. So like with all that being said, like he still has somewhat of a, he's somewhat have something to prove next year and something to, uh, to play next year. Like he's, he still, like I said, he still has the, the core is going to still be there to surrounding around people. The people that surround around that core is probably going to change, but the core is, ne- is not going to change. I mean, and then, like I said, the only really challenge for the Milwaukee Bucks, if that's if Kawhi Leonard doesn't go to Miami, it's the Philadelphia 76ers, which I don't think they're going to be the same. I mean, also speaking about the 76ers, Dame could easily go to Philly, which I can see that go- happening. If they if he goes to Philly, now they are a legit contender. Because also, not only do they have a legit certified bucket getter, now they have a guy that they can just say, okay, just when Joel Beebe is off, Go take over, like in in the two. That's a great combination with Joel and B. They have a big two. I don't think they still have a big three yet because it trades off because it could be Tobias Harris or it could be Seth Curry. Like it doesn't like I they have, I think they have like a big four. I mean I'm gonna say a big four. They just have a big two, and that's it. I think they really don't have a big three at per se because it alternates from game to game. Like sometimes it's Seth Curry, sometimes it's Tobias Harris. So I don't really I wouldn't say they have a big three now if they had a Dane. But yeah, like for me, if, unless Dame goes to Philly, that's the only way I see the Philadelphia 76ers being a legit contender. But if they still keep Ben Simmons, I don't see them going. I'll see them doing the same thing this year. I mean, next next year is going to the second round, beating your first round team, going to the second round, and then getting beat by somebody. Like that's what I feel. That's what I believe. Um, the Nets, the Nets are going to be great next year. I believe they're going to be next. They're probably going to be number one next year with. A healthy James Harden, a healthy KD, a healthy Kyrie Irving, they're going to be legit next year. The Boggy Bucks, of course, are going to be legit next year also because, of, of course, Giannis drew out in, Chris Milton, and them other guys. Um, so, man, like, I, that's what I feel about that. And then, like I said, about the, I'm going to go back to uh, my original uh, questions for today, and that was what do you think the Phoenix Suns should do to combat I mean, and, and Chris Paul even said, he's like, we should build some type of wall. 
I don't think you could build a wall against John. I mean, just the way he's playing right now, the way the offense is, the way, the, the way by Mike Budenholzer is setting it up, it's hard to build that wall. It's, and I and think I don't know what Mike uh, Mike Monty Monty Williams uh, said or not said if he's got pride and saying I'm not going to double double Giannis, but for me at the end of the day, you can't sit and cover Giannis. I don't matter who's who's on him, you cannot sit and cover Giannis. I must and they must have thought that he when he had the 20 point game they could contain him a little bit, but ever since he had the 20 point game in game one, he didn't went off two two games in a row. So I mean, and he could possibly go off for another 40 today. So I don't. I if I'm my, Monty Woods, I'm like okay, John, you're gonna have to get your out. This is just me. It might be other people too. My other people might be saying it because I don't see you doubling Giannis. Because if you double Giannis, that just leaves Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, and the others wide open for threes or wide open for shots, and that's gonna be bad. So I don't think you should do that because that's gonna be bad. And Giannis is an underrated passer. That what people don't realize, Giannis is an underrated passer, and with his athleticism, sometimes he can get past that double team if you if you don't set it up right but um also too i just think what they should do is probably just let it's okay Giannis, you can go off but the others we're not gonna let you go off like chris milton we know you can you can beat us uh with if you get hot drew hardy you can beat us at times if you get hot so if i'm feel if i'm not philly but if i'm a phoenix sun if i'm the phoenix suns i'm gonna be like okay we're just gonna let Giannis go off which i'm not saying of course, play your best defense, but if he goes off, he just goes off. But you thought, okay, we're going to play the best defense on Giannis, and we're going to sing cover him, but we're going to double everybody else. We're going to double everybody else, or we're going to bring help for everybody else. And that's what I feel about what I believe that the Suns should do in order to combat that. I mean, I, it might work, it might not. I don't know. If it doesn't work, I don't know what you should do. Like, I, 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 you got, I, I got ideas, but, I mean, we don't know if it's going to work. I mean, because when they play that zone defense, it really messes up because now it's like, you lose rebounding because you lose the rebounding battle, which you've already been losing when, you play, when you've been playing the regular defense. So it's like you play zone. It's like okay, you give up rebounding when you play that zone. And then don't mess around and the Bucks play small and they put Giannis at the five and have whoever at the four, Bobby Porters or uh, Tucker at the five, at the four. Y'all really finna lose because it's like now they can switch everything with the defense. So it's like, okay, whatever. And then I was like, okay, now what are we supposed to do? And then when they play extremely small with Jay Crowder at the five, they're really going to lose it. And then don't mess around and let, um, what's his name, DeAndre Aiden get in foul trouble. And they lose, because after they lose, you in foul trouble, that's when you went when DeAndre, not DeAndre, yeah, DeAndre Aiden got in foul trouble. That's when the Bucks went on that run at the end of the, almost at the end of the third, when they finished it out. That was when they went on their run when DeAndre Aiden had gotten in foul trouble. But, that's ultimately, I'm, if I'm DeAndre Aiden, I got to pick and choose when I'm on foul Giannis. But the thing about with DeAndre Aiden, I, I never be about DeAndre Aiden, but the thing about uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis is they're going to draw fouls. Regardless. Giannis is just that guy. He's going to attack you day in and day out. You're going to get a foul trouble. I don't think there's no way that he can prepare for that. I mean, of course, you just uh, at times, like I said, you got to pick and choose when you want to foul Giannis. Sometimes you just gotta let him make that layup or make that dunk, or whatever, and just deal with it. Of course, if you're down, of course you just play the best defense. But I think it's just you gotta play better. You just gotta play better because Giannis is gonna attract them fouls. And I don't, I don't, because Monty Williams had a problem with Giannis getting 17 fouls. But it's like at the end of the day, stop fouling, nigga. Like you, you've been mad about him fouling, but it's like okay, you fouled him though. Like it's not like with the exception of that one foul on Jay Crowder, which I admit that was a 
I should have been an offensive foul. I mean, Giannis ran him over clearly. I mean, that was an offensive foul. But and people talk about the refs and oh, this ref. Man, I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of that. I mean, of course, it's sometimes it's the refs' fault. I'm gonna say it's the refs' fault, but at times, sometimes it's the refs that ref the game and how comfortable you are with this ref. Or and they're talking about like when I think Scott Foster is the ref. Chris Paul is 0-12. I mean, it, that's a valid issue. And that's a, a underlying issue with the NBA sometimes. With some refs, they favor the other they favor uh other players than others. So I mean that's I mean, it's not a problem with the NBA, but that's something that's like interesting about the NBA and make us always think, oh, is this rigged or whatever. But I mean it could be. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't really I mean anything is anything is believable now, nowadays with what's going on and all that stuff and whatever. Like, so I don't know anything could be believable at the time, at times. So for me, I just feel like, I mean, I just believe actually that, I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Cause we got fouls in the first quarter and in, in, in the first, not first quarter, but the first game and they didn't call it. So, and I, I, I was mad of course, and I spoke my opinion about it, but at the end of the day, we can, we can, it's, we control what we can control. If you have a lead, it doesn't really matter about, oh, Scott Foster is coaching his game, so he's not going to let us do this. If you leading the game, if you winning, it ain't, gonna, it ain't really going to matter. But it's always a coincidence that they lose every time Scott Foster or Chris Paul loses every time he co- – uh, every time he's um uh he, he he's the main crew chief for the uh, refs. But it's like if you're not – if you're in the league, you don't have to worry about Scott Foster. You don't have to worry about, oh, he's going to make me lose again. I'm, of course, you're down. Of course – it makes it worse when it's like, okay, you're down, you're playing a good team in the Milwaukee Bucks, and then Scott Foster is the, is the crew chief. It makes it even worse, but it's like, if you're in a lead, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter if, like, the about the rep. But, I mean, that's just me in my opinion. But, of course, I, I'm just a, a person that's talking on the radio, not a radio, on a, on a podcast. Um, So, you, you don't have to listen to me, but that's just my opinion. But, um, speaking of opinions and all that stuff, um... It was a guy, well, it wasn't a guy, but it was a, a analyst, Stephen Smith, that I talked about, uh, I think it was yesterday, or my day yesterday, the day before yesterday, about, uh, I don't know the guy's name, I don't really remember the baseball player's name, about, um, uh, baseball player's name, I forgot his name, shit, not, I don't know, it's, he's the, the amazing, um, he's a sensation, he's in baseball, you know, I probably knew who I'm talking about, he's, he played, he was the first player to start as a pitcher and a bat- batter, and Yesterday, I mean, it was a roar of controversy. Like, oh, Steve Smith said this bad thing, and everybody kind of was. At first, when I saw it, I'm like, okay, what do he say? Because Steve Smith sometimes go out the window with his takes, so I'm like, okay, what do he say? <laughs> like sometimes I'll be like, okay, Steve Smith. I love and I love Steve Smith as an analyst and as a a, a a a a fan of basketball or whatever. And especially when he talked about uh, the bad man Aaron Rodgers. I really love his takes sometimes when he talks about that. He defends Aaron Rodgers and stuff. So I love that. But at the same time, it's like like when it, when I heard it, I'm like, okay, did he say something offensive or what did he say? And then when I looked at it, I'm like, okay, he didn't say nothing wrong. I'm looking like, okay, why everybody so offended? I'm like, okay, is it because of the, this whole, uh, I mean, Asian hate movement? Like, movement, that's the reason why? I mean, because I'm like, he didn't really say nothing wrong. He just said that, and if you want to clarify it, uh, in my in my my thinking, all he was saying was in the in like advertisement. Like, if you're talking about promotions, if you're just talking about drawing money, it would be harder 
to draw money if you got a guy that does, that can't speak English than a guy that's an American. Like uh, baseball is an American sport, and if you're like, okay, let's let's draw some money. Of course, you can probably he can probably draw an international money because he's from a different country. So an international money that's going to be easy off top. But just the American money, which that is what the bread and butter is. That's where the the big money comes from is the American money. And how you make American money, you got to know the language. At least if you don't, if you can't speak English, at least can you, I mean, you can speak some English so we can understand you. Cause it, it'll be, and you see most of these guys that are supposedly the face of certain culture, not so cultures, but certain sports, um, uh, associations like the NBA got LeBron for the, for football. You probably got like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, uh, Patrick Mahomes. You got multiple guys really for the NFL, but. Um, so for that, like you got multiple guys that, like that are faces of certain associations or leagues, they can speak some English, so and they can relate. When you got a guy that you barely can, he has to every time you ask a question, like, so what do you say? Like you got to have an interpreter. It's not like saying that he's a bad person because he's a great baseball player, and I have watched a lot of his games. But at the same time, when you're talking about advertising, if you're talking about like even with like I can compare. Even with like wrestling, sometimes where rest, certain wrestlers can't convert like they're like old school, they can convert to the new school, and that's the reason why is because like certain people like the Ultimate Warrior or Goldberg or, or um, well, I'm trying to think of another wrestler. Like certain wrestlers, where like if you're a wrestling fan, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Where certain wrestlers, if they're like not even if they're foreign, but if they're like okay, so say if like a person like Goldberg, like reason why he can transition to the new school, the early 2000s, is because after a while, like I, I compare it like this. I talked to my sister about it. Like it's like this, where like like when back in the sixties and seventies, it was all about the performance. That's why you saw guys like, or it's about the character. It was about like character or performance. That's why you saw more hokey or more like weird like characters back in the day, where you had like Hulk Hogan and the Andre the Giant. You had the Papa Shango. Yeah, it was more about the performers or the character. It really wasn't about like, okay, can you talk? It was just about, okay, the performance. But then as time went on and the and, and kids more kids started watching WWE and it, it then it transitioned to a it transitioned to entertainment. Now it got to, to okay, entertain us. Cause if you're just like a person that just okay, you do and most of the time them guys had simple moves. Or like for a person like Goldberg or or Ultimate Warrior. You had guys that were like that in the, in, in the um in wrestling. You had multiple guys that were big, strong guys that can lift people up and bench press people, immortal people, whatever you whatever you want to call it. But like at the end of the day, it was like people that was like that, so it was already easy to like. It wasn't it wasn't easy, but it was already like okay, we can just we got multiple guys that are like that. So what are what is you what makes you better than that person? What makes you better? Like for example. Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. What makes you better than Brock Lesnar? Like you're strong, okay, you're strong, but Brock Lesnar is strong. What makes you? What makes you better? It's not saying that you're better, but what? What? What is the difference between you and Brock Lesnar, Goldberg? And it wasn't no difference. It wasn't a difference. And the difference was, go up. Uh, uh, Brock Lesnar had Paul Heyman suicide, so he could like, okay, he could be like, okay, I, I can let uh, Paul Heyman talk to him, or for like people like, okay, you had. You're strong, but John Cena is strong. But what's the difference? What's the difference is John Cena can talk. He can get a good fire promo. And he can have, and also he can fight. So it was like, okay, 
Bill Goldberg, you were great, but you didn't really have a great fire promo. So like it was just like okay, whatever. Like you, it, it was like guys like that just that have two words. Oh, it's just, it it'd be simple stuff, and it be it sounds retarded. Really, not retarded. I ain't gonna say retarded. That's a bad word, but it sounds not good. Like I'm gonna say that it's not good. It don't sound pleasant to the ear. And like I said, once the WWE, the WWF turned into the WWE, and it was more about the entertainment than the federation. And more once it turned into the WWE. It will then that's what it turned into more about the entertainment. That's when you saw The Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and all the John Cena and Randy Orton, all the other guys. You saw them thrive because now it was more. It was not just only about your your will, or it was just not only about oh you're strong. It was about okay you're strong, but can you talk? Can you, like it's like almost like can you, I know you can fight, but can you talk your way in on a fight or can you talk? Talk your down, talk, talk your way down into a fight. So it was like more about that, and that's why it's, it's kind of the same thing with this baseball player. It's like I know you're great, but it's like, okay, can you, can you? Because uh, I mean, at the end of the day, baseball is kind of different too. So I'm mean, not get both sides. I, like I said, I get both sides, but I didn't really have a problem with what Stephen A. Smith said. I, I get what he was talking about, even when you can give an example like Mayweather. Mayweather, you might not say Mayweather. Why? Why did you have a fight with uh, a Jake, Jake Paul? But you, I could bet money he got a lot of money off of that because he knew how to advertise. He do. He knew how to make money off of it. He knew how to say, okay, excite people or make people want to see the match. The same thing for Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, he's not going to be the same. He's probably not going to be the same Conor McGregor that we used to because he's have he hasn't evolved. Speaking of, about evolve, he hasn't evolved. He's still he's still trying to knock people out, which. I mean, it's great because it's still some knockout artists in the UFC. But at the end of the day, people have evolved. Poirier is a better wrestler than Conor McGregor. He's he has a better ground game than Conor McGregor. He has, a, he's he can knock it. He can he's a he has a better knockout game than a uh, knockout game. I don't know if it's a knockout game, but he he can knock out guys better than Conor McGregor. If that makes sense. But um, like for me, that's what I feel about that. Like it's it, and with Conor McGregor is like with him, even though he's Irish, he can still speak some English. So when he talks, when he talks shit or whatever to Conor McGregor, I mean, he talks like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna have another match with Poirier," even though we know probably Poirier is gonna whoop his ass. And I, if you really want to tell the truth, that that uh, leg injury or that whatever fibula uh, tear kind of saved him because he was getting his ass whooped by Poirier. I mean, he was getting his ass whooped by Poirier, so that that injury kind of saved him. But we all know Poirier probably is going to win. But Conor McGregor knows how to, like, he knows how to excite people for a match, even though he probably knows he probably going to get whooped. I mean, he probably don't know he don't know. He probably is delusional a little bit. But we know certain people can they can sell a match, and Conor McGregor is one of them guys that can sell a match. With this guy in baseball, he's great, but it's like, can he? Of course, like I said, and now I don't think people are gonna love him just because he plays baseball. And baseball is all—it's it's really about. It's not only a, it's about it, it's about it's about the others too, also. But if you're a great pitcher and you strike guys out, you really ain't gotta worry about the others. If you're a great batter and you get a home run every time, you really don't have to worry about the others. It's all—it's not individual more per se. It's about a team aspect because. You need every guy on the field, every guy that's on the field that you you need just in case something happens. And we know, we know, and we know about sports. Everybody, every pitcher is not gonna 
strike a guy out. And every batter is not going to hit a home run or get a hit on every play. You're going to have slumps where you get people hit on you, and you're going to have slumps where you're going to get struck out sometimes. And that's the way sports is. It's about can you recover from it? Can you recover from that slump? Or can you recover from not striking out a lot of guys or whatever or not being a great pitcher at certain times of the season? And that's why this, the baseball season is so long because it can be – and that's why it's the interesting thing about baseball is that it's it, way, it goes in waves. Sometimes you can have a slump of like a month where you're just not doing well as a pitcher or a batter, and then you have months where you're just on fire, you're just hitting everything out of the bark or you're getting a hits every game, damn near. You can five to six hits every game or attempts at hits every game. And then you got some games, some t- some months where – you just striking guys out and you just like getting everything. You getting the corners, you getting favorable calls and you getting the, you, uh, getting strikeout. Then some, like I said, then some nights where you just not, it's not your day. So that's the interesting thing about baseball. But, um, yeah, like that's what I feel about that. And I just want to speak on that because that was, it was an interesting topic and people kind of was like, Oh, well, they go, kind of going in on Stephen A. Smith. And I, I, Steve, like I said, sometimes Stephen A. Smith has takes where it's like, that's going out the window. Like he goes out the window with some 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 takes sometimes, but for the most part, this one was a great take. I mean, and it was a it was an interesting take, and it was a controversial take. And I love about and I love talking about controversial stuff. So, and that, if you didn't know about that, if you didn't know that about my podcast, I love talking about controversial stuff. And speaking of controversial stuff, um, the Green Bay Packers. I'm I'm probably start talking about them a little bit more because we I'm starting to see a little bit a sign that Aaron Rodgers might come back. Like he's already said, I'm 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 getting ready for the season now. Not after that golf game he had with Tom Brady, um, and whoever it was. Um, so yeah, like now he's getting back in. He's already in shape. He threw a freaking 150 mile, um, not 150 mile, but like probably I think it was 100. It was over 100 yards through a, a, a laser to somebody in a boat. So I mean that was great and that was so fun to see. But yeah, man, like I, I it's gonna be really interesting this next couple weeks or so because I think that's when training camp starts for the season so that's gonna be really interesting so uh I thank you guys for listening to the podcast um if you want to go listen to the podcast or this podcast or other podcasts in the future or past podcast episodes you can go to the whatever you want to call a podcast on Spotify Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or Apple iTunes also you can go to my Facebook page at the whatever you want to call it Facebook page, or you can go to my uh, Instagram or my Twitter at Marquise95Sports, M-A-R-K-E-S-E, 95Sports. Uh, that's all together. You can tweet me or Instagram I me mean, or direct message me. It don't really matter. We, you, you can talk about sports. Of course, mainly talk about sports. Sports, don't be – because there'd be people that ask me random questions. Like, okay, what about this? Like, what's your age? I don't really care. I'm not telling you about my age. Of course, I'm, yeah, I'm old. Not old. I'm, like, in my 20s. That's all I'm going to tell y'all. Y'all find out when y'all get more personal to my y'all. I don't even want to get that personal, but that's all I'm gonna tell you. But uh, <laughs> I thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode or whatever you want to call a podcast. I'll see you next episode. Peace.